on today's show, I have a special guest who's not only one of my coaching clients, but also one of my dear friends and business partners. Allison Morrison is a savvy work from home mom who's juggling two adorable toddlers and a successful network marketing business where she teaches other moms to support their health and wellness and their home life with non-toxic products and a slower, more intentional lifestyle. She has been following my decluttering education and coaching pretty closely lately, and she's been doing an amazing job applying what she's been learning, but she was ready to take her home to the next level. She reached out to me for some decluttering and organizing sessions, and working together, we were able to weed out what was no longer serving her and her family and create better systems for their daily lifestyle. We're going to share with you what those sessions, those organizing sessions look like in her home and check in with her to see how her home maintenance is going two weeks after her declutter sessions. Let's get started with today's show. Hi, and welcome to the Habits and Home Show. I'm your host, Lisa Lazat, and I help busy moms bring order to their homes by downsizing and decluttering and ditching old habits in exchange for systems that bring peace and more enjoyment to their lives. We have too much stuff, not enough space or time, and lack the motivation to get our life together. We need simplified solutions to tame the chaos around us and be available, both mind and body, to experience all the joy that life has to offer. Are you ready, friend? Let's get started. Thank you so much, Allison, for being on the show, and welcome to the Habits and Home Show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you, and I loved working with you in your home. And I loved it that we did it amongst the chaos of having your children there and your whole, your husband working outside. I love working with clients when things are just not perfect and meeting people where they are. And I loved setting that example for your children that we were cleaning out, making the home better. And I just loved having them there. First of all, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and what life looks like for you and your family on a daily basis and share with us any struggles or frustrations that you had encountered, had been encountering in your home before we had your sessions. Yeah. So I'm really glad you touched base on the little bit of chaos that my house tends to bring. Um, It's beautiful chaos, but it is, you know, just like you said, I'm juggling two toddlers. And so life is always very busy and it just seemed like all of the toys and the things in the house were leading me to be constantly cleaning up. And I just felt like I wasn't, like you said, living an intentional life. Um, so it was, it's really nice to know that I have a friend who can come in here and really, um, without judging, help me to change my habits. I feel like that was, you know, part of the, just making it so easy that it was, um, effortless and there was, you know, it was okay to have the kids in here and it was okay 
that there was a mess and things were a little bit crazy. So my everyday life looks like, uh, it could be anywhere from two to five kids in my house at a time. I, uh, have a little bit of a babysitting business. Um, so I have some kids that are in the house, um, constantly cleaning and cooking. Um, so having, um, a clean space, uh, that has a lot of, like you said, we got rid of stuff that wasn't serving us purpose anymore. So having space for things that serve us purpose has been really, um, amazing. Um, my husband works a normal seven to five job. Um, so he's gone throughout the week and, um, we're mostly outside with the kids. Um, but besides that, when we're inside, it's really nice to have a peaceful, um, clean house. So tell us some of the struggles and frustrations. Now you came, you know, I worked with you on some of the things that you felt like were cluttered in your home. Tell me some of the frustrations and struggles that you were having in that area. So I think the main thing when we talked, when we were, you know, decluttering the house was the main thing was everything didn't really have a home because it was kind of just like whenever we would especially in the kitchen, whenever we would do the dishes, whatever space we could find in the cabinet for that dish that day, it was just kind of like throwing it back in there. Um, and then in the closet, you know how I joked with you, I'm like, Oh, I already went through my clothes. Don't worry. There's nothing to declutter. And then ended up getting rid of a whole bag of stuff. So I feel like mainly feeling so squished in our small space that we had so much stuff and, and just, you know, having to always squish it in somewhere and just it not having a, an airy space that it actually belongs. Oh, I love that. I love that you use that word airy space because that's how I like to keep my home is nice and airy and that there's space to breathe. And sometimes we think just leaving our stuff out, you know, where it's visible. Yes. It's away from the main you know, area where we're walking. So like sometimes people will think I'll just put it along the walls or I'll put it along the backside of the counter and completely clearing it out to where it has that cleared off airy feel. It it takes it to a whole nother level than just, you know, storing it where it's visible and where you can see it. All right. So I want you to tell us the, the first session that I came for and did for you, or we did together was for your kitchen. And I would love for you to tell the listeners how, what your kitchen looked like before, you know, all the little details and how you felt in your kitchen, what you liked about it at the time before I came, but the things that you didn't like, because we, it, it, we took it to a whole nother level. It was completely different by the time we got done working and you were very surprised at where we took it. So describe for us the different areas and especially your pantry. Cause I know that was one of your biggest frustrations, but take us around your kitchen and describe each little area and what it looked like. Okay. So when you first walk into the kitchen, um, we had, uh, our laundry room, which we put up some curtains there to make it blocked off. And that make, that made a very big difference. And then when you're coming through the kitchen, there was a, like a wire rack, um, and it had our pantry food on it. So even if we had the pantry food kind of lined up nicely, the, you know, there's all different color bags and, um, the kids would constantly get in it. So that was definitely a focal point of frustration, um, would, would have been our, our open pantry. Um, and then there's cabinets along the ground and cabinets along the, um, above our island. And on the island was our toaster oven, our knife block, our utensil holder. Um, 
and maybe a few other things. And you um, playing it behind your, your sink, which you still have there. We did keep the liveliness in your kitchen. I love that there. Um, but we did, we definitely, um, went through and got stuff off the counters, which I didn't even, Lisa has like a serious talent for figuring out where things could go as opposed to where they are. I've moved them around on the counter multiple times. Um, but I've never found a space for them besides the counter and the place that they're in right now just looks so good. So there was clearly some frustrations in your, in your kitchen. And like you said, you were storing things on your counters and you thought that that was the best place. And so you would try them in different locations. Okay. Try it on the Island. Now I'm going to try it over here on this counter instead of just thinking of, Oh, I don't have to store it on the counter at all. I could find a different place. And so that's why it's good to have a second eye or second set of eyes to come in and, and problem solve. So can you describe, I'm not sure if you remember, but can you describe the process that we did? Like, what was the first thing that I had you do? Yeah, I totally remember us making sure that all everything was out of the cabinets, um, which I really think helps um, with the whole process of starting from the beginning, going to the end, and then you don't get sidetracked um, because there really is a system to it. So I remember taking everything out. And as we were taking it out, we would just start weeding through the stuff that wasn't necessary anymore, stuff that we weren't using and stuff that we wanted to donate. Um, and then that way, while we were going through it and finding everything a new home, it was only the stuff that we wanted. Um, so I remember, um, I forgot to tell you guys about my pantry. Um, so if you're in our dining room, Room, you could see our pantry. This was an overstock pantry. Um, it was like beans and canned foods and rice and pastas and stuff like that. And when, so when you're sitting at our kitchen table, you're looking at this cluttered mess of bags and cans and boxes. Um, and when Lisa brought up to me, like, what if we could get rid of this stuff out of this space and create a new space for it? I was like, you know, like a first date. I was like so excited. I'm like, oh yeah, if we can find a new spot for this. Um, absolutely. Let's yeah, do I mentioned to you, I said, what if you got all of these, these shelves back and put your pretty things on there? And you're like, I never even thought of that. And now that's like my favorite part. Like I love showing everybody that little nook and I, we have it decorated right now, like fallish. And I'm so excited at Christmas to put my village on there. I never thought that that space could be taken back for decorations and look pretty when we're eating dinner. Right. Well, you heard Allison talk about the process of what we did in her kitchen. So the first thing you always want to do, the first thing that we did is you want to work with a clean workspace. So the first thing that we did is we cleared off everything off of every counter, every counter that was in her kitchen. We also cleared off anything that was on her dining room table, because that was where we were going to put the things that she decided to keep. So you always want to start with a cleared off workspace. Then from there, we started on one side of the room. And for her, it was on the left side of her room. And we just went in a circle around her entire kitchen and pulled every single thing. We didn't make a decision as we were pulling the items out. We pulled the items out of each cabinet down to the workspace, which was her kitchen counter. And we laid it all out, stretched it out to where we could see everything. And then from there, that is when we made decisions for what she needed. And some things that I specifically remember going through with you is your pots and pans. And 
I remember laying them all out. And at first you're like, yeah, we, you know, we use all of these. And then I would hold up two same size pots. And you're like, well, I don't need both of those. And it really helped. I feel like I could see you working it out that, yeah, I really don't use all of these at one time. How did that feel for you making those critical decisions of having to let go of some things that had just been stored in your, in your cabinets? It felt, it honestly felt really good. And it felt effortless. Like I said, in the beginning, I feel like it was very judgmental free the whole time. Um, it was very easy to just like kind of I don't know, bond and just kind of giggle over like how many pots can you put on a four burner stove, you know, when you really don't need seven. Um, and you think about it in a normal day, you just look in your pantry and you grab the same, you know, two or three pots that you always cook with. But when somebody holds it up and you think in your head, like, yeah, I probably haven't used that in a couple of months. It makes it easier to say like it's going in the donation pile and somebody else can use it. Right. Now I will say there was something that we both had, I don't want to say a disagreement, but a difference of opinion or a preference. And it was the knife block. (laughs) I remember the knife block and we had to talk through that. And I was asking you, um, you know, if you wanted to leave it on the counter, because we were trying to create this cleared off counter rule and having a knife block, you, it's something that you keep on the counter, but you made, when I brought it to your attention, you made a case for it. And it was like, this is, we enjoy it. We enjoy having the knives right there and being able to reach for them. So I don't want people to get the impression that someone like me, a coach or a professional organizer is going to come in and make them get rid of everything based on our own preference and our own opinion. Did you feel that you were being heard and that your opinion, that your preference was valued? Oh yeah. I didn't, I don't feel like I got rid of anything. And I specifically remember, um, being in like the, I guess you called it like the mode of getting rid of, like, you're just like in this mode. Um, and just thinking like, so my wedding flowers were above my, um, pantry. They were on a a shelf in a little vase. And I remember thinking, what the heck am I going to do with these? You know, let's just get rid of them. And I remember you stopping and taking a minute to tell me right now you're in this, um, just full, full force ahead. And you might regret getting rid of those because they are sentimental. So put, you know, let's find a place for them, which we ended up putting on the beautiful pantry, um, in a little, uh, like metal vase that it looks adorable. Um, but I remember that specifically, and I wonder if I would have got rid of them, if I really would have regretted it. Um, so I feel like when you get in like this mode of, okay, let's get rid of everything. Cause you're excited. It's nice to have somebody there. That's like, if you want to keep this, let's keep it. Um, so yeah, I totally felt like there was nothing that I threw away that I was like, Oh, I have to go dig in Lisa's car after, you know, and she's not looking. <laughs> Yeah. Now there was something that you messaged me later on and you said that your husband was missing this one plate. Can you describe that? Yeah. So he came in and he was, uh, I remember my friend and I were in the kitchen making dinner and he's like, where's my white bowl? And I'm like, it's in the dishwasher. (laughs) I knew that it was not in the dishwasher, but I did put it in the consignment pile. So it was actually in my car and not yours. And I just went out and got it for him. Um, his grandfather had given it to him and I had no idea. It was just something we used to flour, you know, to like, we would put the flour in it and put our chicken to kind of for fried chicken and stuff. And I just, well, we can just use the plates we have. So it wasn't out of set. It was only one. So 
you know, like we decluttered down extra plates that we would have for company and stuff like that. So I figured this doesn't match with the sets. There's no sense in having it. Um, but besides that, my husband was so excited. Um, and especially about our room, which we'll get to. And yeah, we'll bit. get to that. Yeah. I, yeah. I definitely, um, cause a lot of husbands think, well, this is something you should just be able to do yourself or they're not as excited to get on board with clearing, cleaning out and clearing out. Um, I would love for you to tell people how your husband reacted. I know he's not much of an emotional, he doesn't show his emotions. So it was a little tougher for, to read him, but just describe for us how that went. Yeah. And I think when you were here, when we were showing him, um, my office, which was another room that we decluttered, it was harder for him to show his emotions because he's shy and he's just not, uh, he could show his emotions with me a little easier, obviously, because we've been together for years, but I think that he was excited about the kitchen. I didn't get too much emotion out of him on that, but when he saw our bedroom, he was actually really excited. So I think it just like the, there's a specific room that he was like more catered to. I feel like it's because, um, in our room, we always left the door closed basically. And that was like the last room that we took care of because when people come over, they go in the kids room and people play in there and we eat in the kitchen, we eat in the dining room. Um, so our room was always like, I don't want to say neglected, but it was what we always put last put the most effort into last because we would always put forth the effort into the common areas where people were going to be. Right. Um, tell us about when he came in and he, what was it that he set on the counter? Cause I told you now don't be a clutter Nazi because we've established this clear surfaces rule that we're going to try to live by. And it's not like a hard and fast rule. It's more of like, let's try to, let's, let's make it our goal to try to keep it clear. But when he walked in, he placed something. Tell us about that that little story. Okay. So I didn't get onto him that night when he placed his computer scanner, my husband's a mechanic. Um, and he has a scanner that he can put on the, on somebody's car and, te and test what's wrong with it. Um, and he put it on the counter. And I remember coming home that night from a girl's night and I'm like, okay, there's something on the counter. And, um, I was like, okay, maybe he'll take it to work with him this in the morning. So I'll just, you know, let it be. And in the morning, I'm like, you know, up, getting up to make breakfast and the computer's still there. And I'm like, Hey honey, does this have a home? And he's like, like, you know, kind of just rolling his eyes at me. And then the next day he came home and went to put his cup on the counter. And he's like, do I have permission to put this cup on the counter? You know, kind of being a smart, but, um, but he knows that if it's there during the day, that's fine. But I just, I love to go to bed now with my kitchen, just clean. Um, this might be a good tip for people or a good hack um, that get behind on, di on their dishes. Um, and this is obviously a hack from Lisa, but during the day, I, in the morning, I get up and I unload my dishwasher. And then during the day, I just have my kids rinse their plates off and throw their dishes in the dishwasher. And then at night after dinner, I run it. And then again, in the morning, I unload it and I, I'm not going to bed with a dish full of uh, a sink full of dishes. And it feels so good to wake up in the morning to a clean kitchen. I put my diffusers on in the morning and my kitchen just feels refreshed. Awesome. So how are you supporting your family in training them? Obviously you're training your kids not to go ahead and they're little, they're, they're like one and three, I think. So from an early age, you're training them to rinse their dish, put in the dishwasher. So are you, are you trying to establish like better habits for them instead of being the nagging mom? 
Yeah. And honestly, Dawson's so excited now. I think he really enjoys it. Um, we will go over his room in a little bit, but we did different cubbies per section of toys and he knows where they go and he puts them back himself. Um, and if his friends come in there, like I said, I run a little, like it's not a daycare, but I babysit a few kids. Um, and so they, you know, they're in there messing up his toys and he's like, you know, okay, let's put my toys back where they belong. Um, and he always put his plate in the sink. Um, but now I'll just try to make him throw it in the dishwasher, um, throughout the day. So obviously Harper, she eats in a high chair. She's only, um, 18 months. So I just rinse her high chair tray off and just put it right back on her high chair. Um, so that it's just clean for the next meal. Yeah. And it's usually wives who, end up doing the decluttering and the cleaning. And I'm not saying all wives, you know, there are some husbands that are a little, I would say type a where they like it all nice and clean, but usually we're the ones that do the transformation. We, we, you know, it might've been clutter cluttered up at one time and we choose for it to not be cluttered because we've been stressed. And so we're the one that's all excited and motivated in this new lifestyle. And it takes a little bit of time for our family to catch up. So just taking a more gentle approach, little reminders, or, you know, just even helping just cleaning up after them. And maybe hopefully they'll by your example, they'll catch on as well. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into the next session that we did was for your office. And can you describe for our listeners what your office looked like, the purposes that it was serving and what goals and what purposes you wanted to have or that place to serve for you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you can picture, um, we live in a, a three bedroom trailer. And when I was pregnant with my daughter, we had a back porch that came off of so the doors come out of the kitchen or the dining room area. Um, and I told my husband, we don't ever sit on this porch. Let's close it in and make it a guest bedroom, um, and a little office. And so when, while I was pregnant, he got that all finished and, um, closed it in. Um, and we were working on making it a guest room for my mom who comes and stays with us for a few weeks after I had Dawson and Harper. Um, so we also have next to it, we divided up the room. So we also have a little bit of a storage unit for like our Christmas decorations and winter clothes and things like that. Um, but when you have, you know, three or four kids running around and you're cleaning and cooking and tired, and sometimes this guest room slash office would also be a storage unit slash catch all slash tons of stuff on my desk. Um, we had, I know Lisa's like laughing that we had five comforters. I'm like, okay, you know, just so many things in I here that were, laugh. I don't laugh. <laughs> I I'm, we're laughing at our, you know, I'm laughing at myself. Like, okay. I, you know, at some point when we started going from room to room by like the third room, I just was like, okay, this is going in the donations pile. You know, like it, it got to be effortless with you know, almost why didn't you do this in the first place? You know, like, you know, at what given point do you have five guests in your house that all need a comforter? So my office was, um, like Lisa said, I work from home. I, I uh, work at, for a successful network marketing business and I'm in my office two to three hours a day. Um, and I, we do zoom calls and I remember telling her like, okay, I want the space behind my desk to to look pretty so that I don't have to keep turning my computer to my window to not see the junk behind me because it's piled up with boxes and a pack and play and five comforters. And I just wanted it to feel like I want when people come over, I want them to 
think that my desk is cute and my little shelves are cute and they can get in that bed and feel just like they would if that at their own house. I love that. And how, how many people with the pandemic were now forced to work from home and they found themselves in the same situation. They were working from their spare bedroom with, you know, and creating an in home office and having to turn their computer to where people on the computer screen couldn't see the junk behind them. I can imagine this happening all over the world. And I was so excited to be able to tackle this because it's not something that I've done for anybody else. I've never done a spare bedroom and an office area. So first of all, you, I I remember that, you know, you were using the bed as storage. You had lots of different things on the floor. You kind of had a little walkway from the door to where you could sit at your desk. And so what we did is the first thing that we did, we created a clear workspace. So first of all, we removed all of the items off of near around the bed and to where we could get to the bed. And then we removed all of the items off the bed and put them in the living room. The living room was completely clear. The dining room table cleared off. That was a great workspace for us, as well as the living room floor. Your, your living room was already really well decluttered. So that was our workspace. And we removed everything from the bed. We made up the bed. And instead of putting the comforter on the bed, we worked with it with just the sheet, no pillows, just the sheet. It created a great flat workspace to where we could take boxes of things and basic or drawers of things and dump them out on that bed, spread them out and be able to shuffle through the different areas. Did you find that technique and that strategy or those steps of creating a workspace and then taking one group of items at a time? Um, We did like your office area all at one time. Did you find that process to be helpful or, um, you know, was it, was it burdensome for you? No, honestly, I feel like, um, I know everybody has a junk drawer besides Lisa, <laughs> maybe you have a junk I drawer. I do too. Um, but I feel like when you're decluttering or cleaning a room, that drawer is like left unsaid. You're just like, whatever's in there, you know, we probably might need one day, but I already know I don't want to go through it kind of thing. So I feel like, um, I wasn't pushed past my limits, but I was pushed to places that I probably wouldn't have gone if I was by myself because I would have ignored certain places that I knew could just be hidden. Um, So yeah, I think it was really good to dump stuff out and be like, oh, I really don't need that or I want that, you know, and I'm going to put it in my keepsake box or um, I made a little space under my bed for some Christmas gifts. There's things that I didn't want to get rid of, but I knew somebody else could, um, you know, it could serve them. So yeah, I really did like putting stuff out to where we could see it and look like, okay, when was the last time I used this? Where could it go if I still need it? Um, And if I don't need it, let's get rid of it. So how has it been since we've decluttered your office? What is it like now for you? Um, I just love coming in here and working. I feel like a lot of times I procrastinate. I feel like since you've come here, Jacob and I have been on the ball with getting our tasks done. Um, the electric wasn't set up in this room. And so whenever my mom or any of our company would come to stay, they would just plug their phones in outside and it would reach onto the table next to their bed. Um, but he's since then hooked up the electric. I got a power strip. I have my lamp, my ring light, my diffuser, my printer, everything is all set up and ready to be accessed. I don't have to you know, kind of sometimes like when you want to print something out, but your printer's not set up and then you're just kind of like, eh, I'll just do it later because who wants to get, you know, get the 
this 50 pound printer, you know, pick it up, plug it in, turn it on, go through all the settings when things are there and already set up. And I come to my desk and my computer's there, my diffuser's on and my, my book is there open and I'm ready to start writing in it. Just feel like it prompts me easier to work. Um, not to mention that every time we have company, I'm like, Hey, come see my whole house. And I like walk them through the whole house. I, I don't think I've ever shown anybody unless they were company staying the night, this room, because I'm like, eh, let's just close the curtains. Don't look in there because you know, it's a mess. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And you mentioned earlier before we started the interview is that you feel so much more productive. Yes, absolutely. Jacob and I both, I feel like not only just tackling our to-do list, but um, I don't, I feel like my whole day was consumed by constantly cleaning and it never felt clean enough because it was just so cluttered. And I yeah, just, it probably wasn't dirty. Oh, you know, wow. A lot of people get mixed up with the, the terminology of being dirty. Like they see stuff everywhere in their house and they say, oh, my house is dirty. No, yeah. it's just cluttered. <laughs> so your house yeah. is probably pretty, pretty clean. Like, you know, as far as sanitized and cleaned up, but it's just cluttered. And so, like we said earlier, having that airiness to your house, it just gives your eyes a chance to rest. And you don't feel like it's telling, it's like speaking to you, Hey, come clean me. Hey, come sort me. Hey, I need some attention over here. So I, 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 I totally understand that. And I love how you described your desk and I've been there myself. I would have to get my printer out and plug it in. So if everything is set in a place and you know, even work from home moms can be professional and have a professional looking desk. And when you have everything in place, you feel more productive. You feel like I can hold myself accountable and show up to my workflow every day. So I, I love how you described that. And I love that it's this, these sessions have served you well, and it's prompted you to do other things throughout the rest of your house. All right, let's move on to your children's bedroom. Let's start with Harper, your, your 18 months old, your 18 month old, her room. Harper's room was, I, I, the one thing I specifically remember was having all of her. So she has a crib that has a changing table attached to it and it has three drawers in it. And ever since Dawson was born, cause it was his crib, I would just load up all the diapers in there, top, middle and bottom drawer with diapers. And I remember Lisa, like going, looking in the closet and turning around and being like, Oh my gosh, those drawers are literally perfect for all of Harper's clothes. And I'm like, wow, why didn't I never think of that in these last four years since I got this crib that I've been putting diapers in there that could easily be stored on the top of the, um, in her closet on the wire rack in their packaging. And then her clothes could go. Um, we've always had this white, it's not a dresser, but it's, it's like, a, like a canvas shelf. Yeah. And I, I honestly always disliked it. Um, it was just what always kept my kids clothes in it. Um, but I never had like a love for it. So when Lisa was like, okay, we could totally find a place for these pants. I'm like, oh, thank God it's going to the donations. Like I had no, absolutely no connection, um, or care for that shelf at all. So it was really nice to have a, a fresh set of eyes to really say this could go somewhere else. Yeah. So what Allison was saying is she was taking, using all of her daughter's dresser drawers to store all of her diapers, even the surplus diapers. So she, but she was only pulling the diapers that she was using on a regular basis from the top drawer. So the other two drawers were just used as storage. And I told her, I was like, that is valuable real estate right there. So let's take these 
diapers that are on the bottom are these two bottom doors and put them up higher that we don't have to access. So things that you are accessing regularly, you want to keep at eye level and where they're easily reachable. Things that you don't use as often, you can put up up high or down low. So anything that you're you're using more regularly, you want to keep at eye level. And so we just removed everything and we were able to give everything you know, a, a place in there. She also decluttered some of her kids' toys. Now we talked through this and for me and how I have worked through my own kids' toys and things, I feel like kids five and under, maybe even four and under, you can weed out toys without them. They're a little bit more attached at that age and you just have to do it, you know, from kid to kid based on their personality. Some kids would love weeding through their toys and some kids they're just attached to every single thing and you as a mom have to make healthy decisions for your kids now older kids i love getting them involved because it's good habit training to have them work through things and decide hey i no longer play with this so harper being only 18 months 18 month old i want to keep saying years old (laughs) but 18 month old months old allison was able to make decisions for her and there were some toys that allison just hated and she's like I do not want these toys in here now talk about some of the toys that you really don't love but somebody had spent a lot of money on them and they were a little bit harder for you to get rid of yeah so there's a very big item in my house that the kids actually really do love um it's just the fact that like you said it's big it takes up a lot of space somebody spent a lot of money on it and Um, the kids really do enjoy playing with it. So we decided to keep that. Um, Actually, after you left, I put that in the closet um, because it kind of fits back in there. Um, And it looks like we can open her closet door up all the way. Um, Since we moved that little shelf out of there with her clothes on it, it really opened up that closet space. Um, And since it's in its little stall that's closed, you know, it looks like it belongs in there. Um, And it, kind of deters the kids from playing with it as much as they normally would. But I really liked how we got rid of some of the toys that she didn't play with. And then you turned her toy boxes on its side and set her toys up in there. I feel like she plays in her room more now because she can see her toys as opposed to them just being in this bin that all the toys at the bottom aren't getting played with, even if she loves them because she's not, she's not old enough to dump it out or pick through the toys. Or you don't want her to dump it out. Exactly. So I feel like it really helped to put that up on the side. Um, And the way we moved her bed and her big pickler triangle that they climb up all the time, um, it really helped to have an open space to where they can really play in there. And then I remember taking um, her little bookshelf. Um, It's just like a little magazine holder out of her room and saying like, I love this and I want it, but she doesn't read books. She's 18 months. So what can we do with this? And then I remember putting the rocking chair from the guest room that we literally just put in here to store in our living room with the magazine holder next to it with some books. And we've been sitting on that rocking chair all the time um, and reading the kids books. So I really like that. Yeah. So find a new home that's not in the same bedroom. Yes. I love that. And let's go back to the toy box topic. So you were saying how, you know, we took these little crates that we were storing, you were storing toys on and we stacked them on top of each other, turn them on their side. So they, they turned into shelves actually. So I'm not a big fan of toy boxes because like you said, toys get on the bottom, they don't get used and it, it essentially becomes a place of clutter and collection. And 
it's just, it, I don't feel like it serves kids well to be able to play with their toys and see their toys. So let's go on into your son's room. He's three years old and he did have a toy box. So talk about what his room looked like before, because you and your friend had worked together. You had already changed his room around. You're like, oh, I'm cleaning his room. And I was like, don't clean it until I come. You're like, we already, I'm sorry, we could do a different room. But I said, let's go ahead and do his room anyway. So we can be really thorough. And what, tell us about, you know, what the, our session looked like in that. Yeah. So we, like you said, we went through the toy box in Dawson's room as well. Um, and that is a very special item to us. Jacob's grandfather who passed away last year actually built that for Dawson for his first birthday. It has his name on there and his papa spent months building that and painting it. So that is very special to us, but I can't even count the times that Dawson's actually opened it and pulled a toy out of it because he had so many toys out on his shelves and in his room and outside. And so it was really cool to take the toys out, go through, I mean, how many toys out of that toy box did we end up giving to donations because they hadn't been played with in so long. And then he had two bookshelf style um, box, like box shelves that we used as toy storage and bookshelves. Um, And it just gave it's so, it's so appealing to walk in there. I wish like, I wish we could just walk everybody around my house right now and just show them because it really brings me joy to go in there. And Dawson is so excited. I wish that I could, would have recorded his face. Like his little jaw just dropped and he was so excited about his room. Um, I remember him coming in there and just like, we were getting rid of his toys and just kind of trying to weed out through stuff. And I said, we want it to be a surprise. And he told us he would close his eyes. Um, we're like, no, you need to go to Juju's, your grandmother's and just stay there till we're done. So you can come home and be surprised. And he was so excited. Um, and he shows everybody when they come over his room, just how excited he is like that his room's all clean and decluttered. And like I said earlier, it's really kicked Jacob and Jacob and I into, um, this no procrastination type of like get stuff done. And we've had these, um, a bed in the storage unit in my old daycare that we've been wanting for Dawson because it has drawers in the bottom. Um, Yeah. And so the drawers now hold all of his pants, his underwear, his socks, his shoes and stuff like that. So that the bottom of his closet is cleaned out and then just hanging is his shirts and jackets. And then on the top of his closet where we would have normally stored this under the bed is his baby box and just a couple of other things that are sentimental that we didn't want to get rid of, but we didn't want to have them down for him to play with them. Now, one of the things that we did that we decluttered in his bedroom was books. And you first started out saying, Oh, I love books. I, I keep all of the books. We're not getting rid of any of the books. And I said, that's okay. We're still going to go through each and every item. Cause that's what I do with clients. We go through everything thoroughly. You're going to touch everything, see everything, evaluate everything. And so we, he had hundreds of books and we went through each and every one of his books. I held it up for you and you were easily making decisions of what to keep and what to get rid of based on what you and your kids actually read. So I feel like sometimes we need to see something not in its current state, getting it out, getting it all out for one thing, but then not having it to where it's on the shelf where it normally is getting it out, holding it up. And you're like, Oh, you see it in a different light. So tell us about how that was for you working through those books. Yeah. So I just feel like I, I don't know what, what my thing is with the books. You know, There's I just feel thing, like, people, people have a thing with books. So it's not just you. I 
think they're just, I mean, they're a little expensive, honestly. And I just feel like Dawson's been collecting those books since he was born. Now there were some books that I was like, not willing to get rid of at all. Like, even if we don't read them, they have a sentimental value. Um, there's a couple that used to be Jacobs when he was a kid and he had wrote his name on them. When I was pregnant, my mom bought Dawson a book every month and they had the little date in there in her handwriting. So those, even if we don't read those every day, those were non-negotiables, but there was books in there that had pages torn out or, um, the pop-up was torn off. And there were books that I have never seen Dawson pick up and they had no sort of, you know, connection to my heart. And so I was like, somebody else can be benefiting from these at a super cheap price, because like I said, books are expensive and we we don't need 175 books. I mean, he probably had over a hundred books and he still has a good amount. And yeah, he does. And to me, that's not ever something that I felt like I had to clean up either. So that might be another reason, like the toys, I was like, oh my gosh, just get rid of all of them. You know, he doesn't care to play inside, inside. He usually plays outside. Um, so the toys for me were never like a big deal last year for Christmas. We told everybody like, don't buy any toys. If you want to buy Dawson something, you can give us money and we're going to buy him a swing set and a trampoline. And almost everybody in the family did that. Um, and so we, we really didn't get much toys for Christmas, which we really appreciate um, because I just feel like I'm constantly having to pick them up. But also now that we have a system and each little bin has its place. Dawson can put them away. Um, and he can play with his stuff. I mean, he had blocks, Lisa, how many places did we find blocks and how was he supposed to build a castle if the blocks were in multiple different places? And now him and Harper will go in there and build blocks because they're all in one place. And so I feel like also, um, there's been toys that come as a set that have so often been thrown away because we can never find the whole set because they get stuff down in the toy box or they're, you know, ones taken outside. And so now that his stuff goes back in a specific place, it feels really effortless to clean up. Awesome. Can you tell us how he reacted when you showed him his room? Oh my gosh. He was so excited. His jaw dropped and he was so excited. Um, even today when we showed him his new bed, he stayed at his grandma's last night. So when he came home in the morning, his new bed was all set up and he was opening up his drawers, looking at his clothes. Um, and, and like I said, he wants to show everybody. Um, we had Jacob's granny over the day after you decluttered for dinner. And I was so excited to show her and Dawson just stole her away and brought her right to his room. Um, that was like, you know, there was no, no, you know, calming him down from, I'm going to show her my room first. Um, so he was really excited. He's been really happy about his room. And how has it been for him to maintain because he's only three years old? Yeah, it's so clean. And, um, it was funny the other day you and I were on a business call. Um, and I told, he saw you and he knows, you know, he was saying, you know, I put it on mute and he was talking about, is that Lisa? And I said, yeah, and she's going to come check your room. So you better go clean it up. And his little butt went out of here so fast. Um, <laughs> put all his toys away. And then he came in here and he said, when's Lisa coming? Um, so I told him that I sent you a picture, but he has been keeping his, his room clean and he puts the stuff back where it belongs. Um, and then in Harp in Harper's room, I just kind of go in there and tidy it up a little bit, but, um, it's been really good. All right, mamas, if you need someone else to hold your kids accountable and to get them to get things done, I will be that the bad guy. And you can say, Oh, 
you know, have me come declutter for your kid's room and say, oh, Miss Lisa, she wants to see a picture of your room and maybe they'll get right on cleaning it. All right, let's go on to your bedroom. That's where we finished up for our last session. We did your bedroom and it was pretty minimal. Actually, we started with your closet and you were like, oh, I, I, there's nothing in there. I had already decluttered it. I'm going to keep everything in there because I've already went through it. And I will always remember this. The very first thing I pulled out of that closet, you're like, get rid of it. (laughs) I was like, well, this is going to be easy. So were you surprised at how much you, you didn't need, or you didn't want out of your closet, even after thinking you wouldn't get rid of anything? Yeah, I, re- I think I've heard you talk about this before. It's kind of like honing in on your specific style um, because I can vividly remember working as a server and just making like so much cash and just going shopping all the time. And I'd be like, oh, this is on sale. Not trying things on, knowing darn well that it wasn't my style or it was going to be too tight and I wasn't going to wear it. And I remember things in my closet just just sitting there. And I'm like, you know, that mindset of like, Oh, I'll probably wear it one day. Or like, you know, maybe I'll wear that one day or I hate the way it looks on me, but maybe one day I'll like the way it fits or looks, or there's no sense in keeping it because you're not going to wear it. If you keep saying one day, you're going to wear it. So I feel like when I decluttered stuff, it was easy to tell myself, um, one day I'll wear it. But I feel like when we were decluttering, not that I felt like I had to like explain anything to you, but I feel like if you held something up and I said, yes, keep it. You could tell that I was like, um, like, I'm probably not going to wear that. And you're like, when's the last time you've worn that? And I'm like, uh, you know, it it feels like when somebody else is asking you, you feel like you have to, you know, you could at some point have to explain yourself and then you're going to know like, Oh, she knows that I'm guilty. I've never wore that before. Like there were so many things in there that I knew I wasn't going to wear. Um, and even when we went back through the second time, there was two shirts that I held on to, that I knew I probably wouldn't wear anyway. Um, and then I was like, okay, I probably won't wear this, uh, because it was too tight on me the first time I tried it on, but I was really hoping that one day I'd fit in it. But like, you know, it just, it helps that, like you said, have somebody else hold it up and say, are you actually going to wear this? Is this your style? Mm-hmm. Honing in on what you're actually going to wear. Yeah. A lot of people have what I call rainbow wardrobes, but they don't have a rainbow personality. And so their, their wardrobe is not reflecting their personality. I really think that if you stay within a, like a, like a a tone, I don't know, I'm not like a styling expert or anything, but like a, like three to four colors and stay within, like, I'm a more neutral earth tone color palette. I like some black. I like white. I like tan. I like a little bit of olive green. Um, so like more earth tones, but I really feel like when you say within your like, uh, style personality or your personal, you know, style that you have more confidence about yourself. You like everything that's in your closet and it is, it also creates this signature classic look about yourself that people, you know, they, they expect that from you, you know, you create this you know, persona of, you know, that's who you are. And it's not like, Oh, what am I going to get today? It's like, you know, random, you know, gumball machine, like, Oh, what color am I going to get today? So you said your husband was most excited about the transformation in your bedroom and in your closet. Can you describe his reaction? 
Um, so I remember him being super excited about putting that little shelf in our closet. Uh, every morning he, it's like our, just a routine. He gets up out of bed, his alarm goes off, he gets up, he goes in the bathroom, you know, uses the bathroom, brushes his teeth, comes out, sits on the side of the bed, puts his socks and underwear on. And now he like goes in his closet, gets his whole outfit out at once, sits on the bed, gets dressed and just like gets up and goes to so work. It creates a better routine for him in the morning. Yeah, it totally does. I feel like it's just, everything's right there in the same spot. Um, and then, like I said, with the catch-all, his keys and his wallet and his knife and the things that he keeps on a counter can go in there on the counter surface, but then the door can be closed. And so it's almost like a compromise, you know, like he can put his stuff in there. I can put my stuff in there. We have our, like a little basket where we keep charging stuff. I have like a portable charger and some extra cords and stuff uh, that we just keep in there. And we know we can go in, grab them and take them out. Um, so that definitely um, helps in there to keep it decluttered. He was really excited about the closet too. I remember you saying like, Oh, you have way more white hangers. Let's just do all white. And I was like, uh, Jacob is so weird. I don't know why about his shirts being on white and his pants being on black. And you left the black hangers because that was, you know, something that you were respecting of Jacob. And, uh, you're like, just ask him, you know, and if he doesn't want to, then three fourths of the closet will be white and it will still look good. And he was willing to get rid of those black hangers. And he ended up just folding his pants up on the top rack, like how I had mine folded and it looks really nice. So we compromised and he figured out a solution that works for everybody. Awesome. If you could describe or tell how this has changed your life. I mean, I know it's only been two weeks, but how has this I mean, you've told us so much already that you feel more productive, but are you, are you thankful that you did this? Did it feel like a life reset and did it like feel like you were changing direction in the right direction? Yeah, honestly, like I said, and we've mentioned this before that I feel more productive, but, and not only do I feel more productive, but I feel like when I go into each space in my home that I feel, um, not burdened with a bunch of stuff that I'm not going to use. I feel like when I do my laundry, I know that we have enough hangers for all the clothes that we're actually going to wear because you know, when you do your laundry, your closet should be getting smaller, but really I'm doing my laundry and then like shoving the clothes in that I really want into the closet and the clothes that were never being worn are just still sitting there. Um, I, I feel like in the kitchen, uh, I'm not digging to the back of the cabinet for, you know, my blender when the food processor that hasn't been used in two years is sitting in the front with 17 pieces. Um, and I feel like since I'm not constantly cleaning and decluttering a mess that I have more time to spend with my kids and I have more time to work on my business. Where can listeners connect with you, Allison? And when they do connect with you on social media, what are they going to get from you? Yeah, so I would love to connect with you guys. Um, they can follow me on um, Instagram at oily.ally. So O-I-L-Y dot A-L-L-Y. Um, and then my name is Allison Morrison on Facebook. Um, I offer support and education in wellness and non-toxic living. I like to um, explain how truly affordable and easy it is to ditch your toxic products. I love to share raw mama moments and I love to connect with my listeners on a deeper level. Awesome, Allison. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And I will be following up with you on our other coaching calls, as well as our business uh, planning that we do together. Thank you so much for being on the call and sharing your experience with us. 
Thank you for having me. Hey friend, are you ready to dive in, start decluttering and become more productive in life and in business? Well, I have the solution for you. Head on over to habitsandhome.com slash freebies to grab my three-step guide for downsizing and decluttering any room in your home. This is the tried and true method I use with every client in my professional organizing business, and I know it will help you too. Also, I'd love to connect with you. You can find me hanging out with my family and renovating our farmhouse over on Instagram or Facebook. Until next time, I'm Lisa at the Habits and Home Show.